Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hey, Giants fans. Welcome to Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Alex Pavlovich, and we have a very special episode for you today. We sat down with Farhan Zaidi, the man with the man with the plan behind the scenes in San Francisco, who has built your first place, best record in baseball, San Francisco Giants. But first, we got to remind you, Giants Talk is brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, get two breakfast sandwiches for just four bucks. It's uh, kind of ironic. We're talking to a guy here who's known for finding those thrifty deals and trades with other teams. There's your thrifty Wendy's deal right there. Four for two. Two that for is four. the Lamont Way Jr. of, of fast food deals right now. <laughs> I think that's a the perfect comp. And Alex, it is so cool to see. I, I don't know how far Farhan has come is the right turn of phrase because it's not like he's a, a pop figure. He's not like that kind of celebrity. But what, what did we see down in the dugout after our interview with him? Yeah, it was really um, – so we talked to him on Wednesday afternoon before the – the second game against the Diamondbacks. And it was really interesting. So we're sitting there waiting for him to, to come out. We're, we're mic'd up. And there was a, a young fan there who was like, Chris Bryant's coming out. Chris Bryant's coming out. Who, and I felt bad for that kid. He thought, <laughs> he thought the Giants were coming out. And I, I joked with Farhan about that. Um, but then he goes to the other side of the dugout after his done with the interview and just is, but I mean, for good reason, is, is adored by the, the group that's gathered there usually by the dugout and, and signed some autographs. And, it, it just I, I think you and I talked about this afterwards like it was a very like full circle moment a little bit and and he I don't think he had to win over necessarily I think a lot of people understood when he was hired that that this was within the industry viewed as a very strong hire and a very strong move by the Giants and and he is you know viewed as one of the brighter minds in baseball but um, I, I do think it was just the way the next season started and, and the fact he had to go up against the Bruce Bochy's final year stuff. And, and look, we've gotten used to the transactions now, but it was jarring at first to see Connor Joe and Michael Reed and, and some of those things like the Connor Joe jokes were made for a couple years, you know? So it was just really interesting to see, um, you know, the man who has put together the best team in baseball, like feels like has come a long way with the fan base, I think in, in what two and a half years here almost, almost three years here so oh yeah he's beloved i think people are already saying build the farhan statue yeah and, like, we see the memes Farhan. on twitter right with like the mm-hmm. the red eyes and everything and like the deal with it sunglasses like uh, it, it's it's been really interesting to watch and I, I think you know you do see around sports sometimes like celebrity executives like billy bean certainly is a good example of that but um, you've been yeah it, and here, it, it can happen here. Like, Brian Sabian is beloved here for, for what he was able to bring to, to San Francisco. And I, I think Farhan's status has certainly been elevated a little bit over the last year in, in the minds of a lot of fans. And, um, you know, for by that token, like Gabe Kapler as well. Like, I, I mean, certainly he, he's come a much longer way that we remember the initial press conference. And, and now I, I think there's a lot more trust from the fan base, obviously. And, and for again, for good reason. But... Just a, one of those moments, I think, where we step back and go, like, we're so in the day-to-day and so in the examining every game. And, and you look at it and go, like, man, like, things have changed a lot for these guys over the last couple of years. And for those who don't know Farhan's story, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he, was, he went to MIT 
for his undergrad and then uh, got his, uh, what is it, his doctorate from Cal. And while he was at Cal in grad school, he just like read Moneyball and said, oh, I could use my my stats knowledge to do this. I could do this. And ever since then, he like hasn't looked back. He just climbed the ranks with the A's. He helped build their team. He built the Dodgers team in LA. That's now just been a powerhouse. Um, and just seeing what he's done when the Giants gave him the big job, president of baseball operations has been incredible. It is ironic, right? He helped build the the powerhouse in Los Angeles and, and break a lot of hearts over here. But I, I think that was one thing he had to deal with when he came, which was like the dumbest thing in the world. Like I there were a lot of Giants fans who were like, I can't believe we hired a Dodger. This is like mm-hmm. disgusting. And he, it was the dumbest thing. I had a lot of arguments with people on Twitter, people who just could not believe that they hired somebody who had worked for the Dodgers. And it was like, well, that guy is well known is like one of the handful of best baseball minds in a front office anywhere. And there's a reason why the Dodgers brought him in as their general manager from when he was in Oakland and, and brought him in there and he helped build what they have going. So he has brought that here uh, again, just, you know, I, I, I thought a cool moment to, to watch it afterwards and, and see the appreciation and, and look, that'll continue going into the, into October and, and we'll see where this ends up. But certainly when, when you're somebody who helps put a team like this together, you are in the spotlight and um, he will be in the spotlight and he was in the spotlight for us when, when we sat down with him. I, I thought it was a fun interview. I always enjoy talking to him. I, I you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to get executives to, to do these things, but um, I always think he's a fun interview, and, and this was this was no different for me. Great and Resorting Casino is your destination for 24-7 fun. Experience luxurious rooms, award-winning dining, world-class spa and salon, and the best gaming and entertainment around. Visit GreatonResortCasino.com to book your 24-7 fun. All right, Farhan Zaidi, you are the president of operations here, the architect of the best team in baseball now for most of the season. Um, and we have a lot of baseball questions, but our first one comes from Cole's dad, Dwayne. We, we told him we were interviewing you, and he wanted to know what your in-game process is, because obviously Billy famously was on the treadmill. We've all seen the movie where he's driving around the parking lot. Um, you have the young son, so I, I would imagine that plays into it. But w- what are you doing during these tense games? Are, are you walking around? Are you working out? Are you watching yeah um, you know having a young son at home I uh, occasionally actually I'm here during pregame and I drive home and I'm at home during during the game and when I'm at home during the game I'm usually getting food thrown at me or cleaning diapers <laughs> so uh, that winds up being a lot of my game activity but here you know we've got the new gym set up by the parking lot and um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get back into the rhythm of working out there I did that in LA and Oakland and uh, uh, hasn't been the easiest thing here, but I'm, I'm trying to get in that groove again. So, um, you know, I may fit into this uh, uh, pull over a little bit better in a couple months. We'll see. Well, Cole threw a lot of food at Dwayne, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. He managed. <laughs> uh, I want to take you back a couple weeks to the trade deadline. And, and obviously, the big move, Chris Bryant and then Tony Watson as well. What What is the feeling in the room? when you actually get Chris Bryant? Because it was a guy who made a lot of sense, you said the next day or that day, he was a perfect fit for you guys, obviously, and some of you had talked to them for a few weeks, but is there just a big exhale? Do you guys all take a second to celebrate? What do you do after a move like that? Yeah, it's interesting because you try to be really disciplined as you're going through these negotiations. I mean, uh, we're really proud of the farm system that we've developed. Uh, Our scouting directors have done a good job 
going out and signing these players and Kyle Haynes and the group developing them. So you're targeting these players, but you're really having to digest and process the cost. And, and that's, that's a difficult thing to do. So you go from that kind of moment of hesitation and, you know, these are really tough young players to give up to, oh, look what we actually yeah. got, you know, and we're going to see Chris Bryant in, in a Giants uniform this weekend. So that's, that's really exciting. And you start texting people. I mean, you know, you want to text your manager and your coaches and players start hearing about it. And, and you know the energy that gets infused into that room as word spreads. So, um, you know, it's not quite, uh, you know, a Hollywood theatrical <laughs> high-fiving and like, you know, some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did mention the other day that you know the first thing you realize is how hungry you all yeah. are just because uh, you know you go all morning without uh, even thinking about food. But it was really exciting, and, and I think the way that went, it, it was kind of the groundswell build up over the course of the day, and then obviously we had to wait another day to see KB in our uniform, and then obviously Sunday was just a tremendous day for the Giants. How did the incredible depth of this team change the trade deadline for you guys? Because it really felt from the fan perspective that this was the chance to get a difference maker, and it was a great feeling on our end. Yeah, I think it allowed us to be a little bit more targeted and, and selective in, in, in who we were looking at. So on the position player side, I mean, you see it on a game-in, game-out basis now. It's tough to get in this lineup, and uh, it's really tough to get on and stay on the roster if you're a younger player. So. You know, it, it really, we didn't have the, you know, massive board with hundreds of names on it. We were really focused on a handful of names, both in terms of position players and pitchers. And a lot of it was not just about uh, the production, but about the, the character and personality fit. And obviously the two guys that we wound up acquiring, it's no coincidence that myself and Scott have experience with these guys. And that we just had a high level of confidence. They would just fit in into the clubhouse room as well. You guys made that move obviously from a position of strength, but it's unexpected for a lot of people around the game, a lot of people in the Bay Area, myself included. Um, probably Cole, I would say, did not didn't see Cole's it coming. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we, you know, we had Larry on a, a few weeks ago, and he said one thing you told him that really impressed him when you interviewed for the for the job. He said you didn't think this had to be a big teardown, and, and you said that in your first press conference. You said I want to be competitive as deep into the season as I can be. You said the same thing the next year. Why did you feel that that was so important? Because you could have gone in there and said, yeah. look what we've done in Los Angeles. Let's take another step back. Let's trade everybody. Let's let's have a full rebuild. Why was it so important to you that this was the way it was done? Well, I just think anytime you're in a big market like we are, there's expectations of the fans and very justifiable expectations that you're going to make an effort to win every year. And some of it was my experience across the Bay in Oakland where I think Billy Bean, Dave Force, they try to build a competitive team every year and you sort of take that for granted. We saw it again this weekend with the Brewers. I think David Stearns is, you know, one of the most underrated executives in the game. He took over the Brewers and within a year they had a winning record. Within two years they were in the playoffs and now everybody just takes it for granted that this is a perennial contender and, um, you know, they have market challenges and they've just done an amazing job keeping it going. So I look at teams like the A's and the Brewers or at least at the time in 2019, as, as a model for how we were going to operate. Just continue to add talent by every channel and avenue and you know, just make those incremental improvements. I mean, look, that's really what I believe, but I said it so much, I started wondering, is this just a talking point or, or is this really uh, an approach that can work? And uh, yeah, I think part of the Giants story over the last three years is 
uh, you know, we were kind of a stealthily good team last year. And I think some of the national baseball media is just catching up and we're a little bit under the radar because we didn't make the playoffs, even though we all know we were, you know, about as close as you can get. And if we had made it, I think the entire narrative around us in the offseason and, and coming into this year would be different and it wouldn't be so much where did these guys come from or, or how is this happening because I mean look you don't expect to be 30 games over 500 at this point in the season but we expect it to be a good team and uh, that that part of it was not really going to surprise to anyone. Was there ever a point when you're going through that process where because we've seen teams in big markets do the opposite the, the Cubs notably did that the Astros have done that where you, you got here and thought you know what, maybe we do tear it down to the studs and, and do the farm system thing and the top pick thing. Or, or when you got here, did you feel pretty good about the plan you had in mind? Yeah, look, it's a challenge, right? Because uh, when you go into tear down and rebuild mode, uh, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, and, you know, when you're not necessarily out there trying to grind for every win, People are very accommodating, like, oh, you're rebuilding? Yeah. Okay, we'll just run over you in this series. Um, but when you're actually trying to compete, there's somebody in the other dugout, you know, trying to kick your rear end every night. And that sets you up for failure. So, um, look, every market, every team has a different situation. I think the recent history of this team, the expectations, the fact that we really believed in a lot of the veteran players that were on this team in 2019, you know, guys like Belt and Crawford and Buster and Longoria and Plato. Um, and it was always our objective to build around those guys. And fortunately, we've been able to find some pieces that have allowed us to do that. Let's hop in a time machine real quick. If we were to go back to like 2018 and I were to tell you your team leaders in war would be Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey, what do you think your reaction would be? Well, if you took me back to early 2018, I'd be like, I'm not going to be working for the Giants. <laughs> that have to do with anything. Uh, but you know, in November or December of 2018, yeah. uh, I would have I would have genuinely been surprised because um, you know I think too often as a front office person or as front office people, we view these things through a very deterministic lens. This guy's 30-something years old, and this is what we can expect from them the next two or three years. And, you know, you have to kind of make bets on what's happened in the past, what aging curves look like, but you know, every player is different, every situation is different, and I think it's just an incredible credit to these guys, what they've been able to do, what the coaching staff has been able to do to help kind of facilitate, get this production uh, out of them, and so no, it's a huge surprise. I mean, I, I think you were hopeful that there would be some rebound from some of what some of those guys went through in 2018, 2019, which was you know, partly driven by some injuries and health-related issues. Uh, but to get back to where they were at the peak of their career is really amazing. And it's a real credit to us. They have kind of been the, the superstars, so to speak, for you most of the season. But you have, a, as of today, 11 players who are better than league average by OPS Plus hitters. Basically, the entire pitching staff it has been better than we average. How much of your building philosophy is it just like, this sounds very simplistic, right? Just don't have bad players. But right. we do see guys on other teams who are carrying just poor numbers throughout the year, and they just kind of hang around. That hasn't really happened here. I mean, how much is it just an advantage to, like, no matter who's in the lineup saying, no matter who comes out of the bullpen, no matter who's starting, we know they might not be a superstar, but they are a good player. Yeah. You know, I, I think we try to, in the front office, embody 
the same spirit of grinding and resilience that our players have on the field. So, you know, we expect our, or, or we like to have this philosophy where players grind out every at bat, where, uh, you know, pitchers are going to attack the strike zone and compete. And from a front office standpoint, you know, that grind means always looking for ways to improve. And, you know, improvement can come from within, from giving your players tools to get the best out of themselves, but it also comes from, um, you know, not settling if we're not getting a level of production that we think is going to get this team where we hope we can get to. So, um, you know, it's a credit to the entire staff here that, you know, it's just constant searching and evaluating um, and, you know, sometimes constant transacting too, but uh, we just settled down a little bit this year. Um, but I think that's very much part of our philosophy is, uh, you know, there's a lot of good players out there. There's a lot of good players in AAA that uh, are deserving of an opportunity. And obviously we've gotten, had some good fortune finding some of those guys. And, and, and that's where just always constantly searching for ways to improve uh, has benefited us for sure. You've done so great with the Yastrzemski's, the Wade Juniors, the Ruffs. Without giving away the exact recipe to the Farhan <laughs> secret sauce, like what's the trick to this? You know, I have to be honest, so so much of uh, being able to kind of graduate these players from, you know, maybe guys who've been up and down or guys who've been great players in the minor leagues is just having a supportive clubhouse, coaching staff and management, you know, and having a group of coaches that is excited to work with a guy like Lamont Wade. Uh, junior, having a manager that's excited to put that guy in the lineup, and then having players around uh, those guys that support them and are excited to see them succeed on the field. So sometimes it's not so much about identification, because I think there are other Yazes and Lamont Wade Juniors who are in AAA with teams and maybe aren't getting that opportunity. So it's a credit to the environment here, you know, as well as the talent and ability of those players. So I would say that's the secret sauce of the organization. <laughs> okay. As much as there's another Yaz out there somewhere. Like, <laughs> right. you, uh, it's, I mean, when you get these guys and you start to build this reputation, and, and you know, anytime you pick up an outfielder now, people are going to say, well, hey, hey, there's Yaz Jr. again. And we saw it with Wade. And do you start to get that sense from other front offices if you call about a guy and say, um, hey, what do, what do you think about this AAA outfielder? Is it tougher than it was five years ago to have that conversation? You know, I, I would not be that presumptuous, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, it, it has been more difficult to make trades like that. It was really notable in 2020 because of the pandemic and the uncertainty that everybody was dealing with. Nobody wanted to trade, you know, any sort of alternate site, AAA depth, and it just became harder to target those players. And, um, You've seen it kind of carry over into this year. I don't know how much of that was teams early in the year being really apprehensive of outbreaks and not wanting to be uh, caught without that layer of depth. So I don't know if it's so much a reputational thing for us, but uh, you know, partly because of the circumstances in the world, teams have been a little bit more reluctant to move players like that, figuring they just might need them for themselves at some point. Does this ability to find uh, these hidden gems, so to speak, carry on off the baseball diamond? Like, are you at Norsham Rack, like, finding the really good stuff that no one's, that everyone's picked through? No, I mean, 
my wife would probably tell you that if you consider that a skill, which I don't and she doesn't, she'd probably tell you it's really the only useful skill I have. So uh, yeah, no, no real off the field translations for any of that. Um, no, I, I appreciate it, but no, I, I don't think that's a translatable that skill to, to any real world. It's good with wow. baseball, though. Yeah, so. no, it's worked out well for us there. It is. Um, you know, we have Kevin Gosman starting tonight, and I thought of something as you were coming here. You've done really well with the one-year deals and, and with the coaching staff, getting Gosman, Discofani, Wood with these guys. Is there ever a moment for you when you sit back and watch some of these starts and you're like, oh, man, we did really well, but I wish we'd given them three years? Really sure. Good. Sure. I mean, I, you know, what's interesting with a lot of these pitchers is they wanted one-year deals. Yeah. I mean, we signed guys that, you know, as a front office or our pitching group recognized certain things uh, that they felt they could make adjustments on that could get them to another level or, or maybe back to a previous level of production. We've talked some about this. Yeah. You know, Alex Wood, uh, you know, Anthony Descalfani, Kevin Gossman, they've all had really good years in the big league. So, um, you know, some of I mean, you know, Gosman he's done the last two years probably beyond what he's done before, but he was still a pretty good pitcher earlier in his career. So as much as anything, maybe, you know, some of it is, uh, that there's some selection involved in some selection benefit when you have pitchers that want to sign one new year, that want to bet on themselves and say, I know I'm a lot better than I performed last year, or I know I can be a lot healthier, so I'm just going to go out there and prove it. So it's not just about guys being motivated in contract year. It's also about the guys that are willing to bet on themselves yeah. and say, I'll take the one-year deal and I'll, I'll, I'll prove it. But there's nights you stay up and you're like, man, we Sure. No, I mean, look, anybody you have on a deal that uh, is coming up, uh, you know, frankly, whether it's a player or, or somebody, yeah. you, you know, you, you always, uh, you know, think back to, oh, was there a time yeah. to, to you know, get this taken care of a little earlier? No question. The bullpen looks completely different than the bullpen the Giants had at the beginning of, of this season. Is there anything we overrate more than what the roster looks like coming out of spring training? No, I think that's the single most overrated thing <laughs> that human beings overrate on the planet. It's so is good for Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> what yeah. the opening day? I mean, I, you know, I guess it's not surprising because all offseason, you have one roster to talk about, yeah. the opening day roster. Once opening day is done, you know, that roster's gone, and it's about the next day and the day after that. So you understand why that's the case, but we try to remind ourselves in the off-season um, and even during spring training, like, hey, the opening day roster is the roster for one day, and a lot can change, and a lot does every year. So, But it doesn't change people from uh, <laughs> talking might, about it. You might be it. breaking that, you guys, with all the moves you make early in the year. I think people have understood a little bit, like, Give them a couple weeks. Let's we'll see, see. Yeah, maybe maybe this offseason people will say we don't care what the opening day roster no, is going to we'll look like. So that'll be progress. Um, I, I talked to Scott a lot about some of the research you guys have done with other sports, and especially during the pandemic. And, and I know you are a big fan of, of some other sports, and I, I think you have some connections to basketball and Daryl Morey and some mm. people that you admire there. Do you find yourself getting into whether as research or as a fan getting into you know? roster building elsewhere and, and you know there's some interesting things happening in the Bay Area with the Warriors trying to extend Steph Curry's yeah. kind of championship window the Niners also have two quarterbacks and, and they went big with their their first round pick do you follow any of that or, or how teams in other sports try to extend championship windows and get into them 
it, it's really interesting. It's a lot of fun. I have to say it's a little bit of a double-edged sword for me because I also like just being a fan and yeah. fly by the seat of their pants and be like, I don't care what the number says. Those, that guy can't play, you know? And uh, we don't have that a luxury in, in baseball. We have to like be very disciplined with our evaluation. So, um, yeah, I've definitely gotten to know people in basketball, football, and, um, other sports as well. I think some of the, you know, beyond kind of strategy, championship window, some of the stuff that you're talking about, I, I think really the biggest frontier of sharing intellectual capital in sports right now is just health and performance, how to keep guys on the field, and, you know, maybe how to extend, um, you know, peak windows for, for, for players. Uh, so there's a, a lot of the conversations I have, particularly the last couple of years, have been more geared in that area. I always like to end these interviews with a topic I think everyone can relate to, which is food. Um, so if you had friends or family visiting you in the Bay Area and you wanted to show them one restaurant, one spot to kind of give them the vibe of what it's like to be here, what's your, uh, what's your Bay Area recommendation? You know, I, um, I have a couple of spots that are big for me that I may have mentioned to you before also. I mean, we're in the East Bay, so mm -hmm. cheese board pizza is, is okay. huge for us. It's um, you know, obviously with the pandemic, they haven't been able to operate at the same level, but just love that pizza. love the experience having been in grad school at Cal. And um, you know, another big favorite of ours is Burma Superstar. So I just love uh, the cuisine and, uh, you know, we go to the one in Oakland and, um, you know, it, it's become a little bit more of a takeout culture now, obviously. Yeah. So. We order, we order from there a lot. Those are two of my favorites. I think you decided I'm going to have a tea leaf salad for dinner tonight. That sounds you never go wrong with that. No, no. I hope your son is slow on the uh, pizza, not the Burma superstar. That sounds messy. Yeah, the tea leaf salad gets a little messy yeah. when you get his hands on that. Anyway, well, Farhan, thank you so much for taking the time. And, and uh, obviously, it's a very successful start to the season. I'm sure you're going to be stressing about it the rest of the way. But thanks for taking some time to go over it. Absolutely. It was fun. Thanks, guys.